You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. As we near the end of the summer holidays, we hit the perfect time that lots of people, particularly younger people fresh out of sixth form, well, we hit the time when people are beginning to look for new jobs for all kinds of reasons. But whatever the reason, one thing all successful job applicants will have in common is that they are likely to hit upon the dreaded probationary contract. So in beginning our mini-series on probationary contracts, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to explore what a probationary contract is, how probationary contracts are used by employers, the employment rights you have should you find yourself on a probationary contract, and what happens when things go wrong at work when you're on a probationary contract. So let's get into this. Probationary contracts have a solid and well-established place in the employment experiences of workers. And by workers here we mean workers and employees. And they're a favoured tool by employers who traditionally like to use probationary contracts as trial periods during which you, the worker, will find yourself in sort of like a state of limbo. You have the job and you have a contract of employment But nothing is fully confirmed until you are assessed as having passed your probationary period. From the employer's perspective, your manager will tell you that the purpose of your probationary period is to give the employer time to see if you are a good fit for the position and the company. This thing called fit can usually include the employer looking at areas like how you perform the duties of your job, A bit like testing whether you're the real deal, like you said you were during your interview. And by using a probationary contract, your new boss is testing whether you have the skills, knowledge and experience to do the job you've been employed to do. But also, some employers use probationary contracts to test out your temperament or your attitude to see if you're a good fit with the company culture or ethos or to see if you will get on with existing staff teams. The key thing to note is that your new boss is fully aware that there are no laws and no legal requirements in the UK which say that your employers must include a probationary period in your contract of employment. And what this means is that if your new boss says you have to serve a probationary period to test out whether you're the right person for the job, there is nothing in your employment rights which can stop the employer from doing this. The choice to use a probationary contract is entirely at the discretion of your manager, meaning that if you are faced with the requirement to complete a probationary contract, you have no choice but to comply with the requirement. So what's the first thing you will see if a probationary contract is going to be part of your contract of employment? Well, The first time you're likely to know that you're being placed on a probationary contract is when you get your letter offering you the job 
after you've been successful at interview and your positive references have been received by your employer. Your employment offer letter will include probationary clauses like your job title, which will state the position you're being offered, the duties and responsibilities of your role and what is expected of you, your start date and where you should present on your first day of work, your employment status, which is really about whether your job is full-time or part-time and whether your contract is temporary or permanent. The letter will contain your hourly rate of pay or the salary you will be paid and when you will be paid. For example, are you paid weekly, bi-weekly, four-weekly or monthly? And the details should also include whether you will be entitled to any bonuses or commissions during your probationary period and if so, how these will be paid to you. Your letter should include any benefits you will be entitled to during your probationary period and information about how to terminate your contract, including any notice you may have to give should you decide that you no longer wish to work for the company or the company decides that your employment should come to an end. Your letter will also include any special terms linked to your probationary period and there you're likely to see terms and conditions that apply only during your probationary period. For example, it may be that company disciplinary and grievance procedures do not apply to you because you may have specific procedures linked to monitoring and performance which are tied to your probation contract. You may also be excluded from things like company benefits until you pass your probationary period. But whatever the differences between you as a probationary worker and the terms and conditions of other workers in the company, these should be outlined in your probationary letter or your probationary contract. Another clause which you are likely to see in your probationary contract is the clause telling you how long the probationary period will last. Traditionally, probationary periods last between three and six months, but one of the most important clauses you need to look for in your probationary contract is the extension clause. An extension clause will allow your manager to extend your probationary period for an additional length of time if the employer feels that you have not completed a satisfactory probation period. This is perhaps one of the most difficult clauses to get with because we've known people have their probationary periods extended and then extended again, which creates all kinds of problems because it removes job security and we argue could even cause you to be more unsettled in your new job and make more mistakes because of the lack of security. So extension clauses are never a good thing, but it's important to look for that extension clause in your probation contract and also to check whether your contract specifies how many times your employer can extend your probation period. Your probation contract should also include a clear job description of the work you will be doing during the probationary period with clear information on your induction process. Additionally, where your probation contract includes a clear job description of the work you will be doing during the probationary period, 
The contract should also give clear information on your induction process, meaning when and how you will receive clear guidance on how to perform your duties and expectations of your job and when you will receive any training that will help you to fulfil your role to the required standard. You should see clauses that tell you how your manager will monitor those standards and how your manager will monitor your progress throughout your probation period, which is also really important because you want to be part of a clear and transparent probation experience. And for this to happen, your performance should be continuously monitored throughout your probation period so that you or your employer can identify any concerns early on in your probation. Because monitoring your probation this way allows time for concerns to be remedied during your probation. The key here is for there to be no surprises And what we definitely do not want is for you to find out that at the end of your probation period, you have not passed your probation or that there are problems with your performance. And for this to be the first time that you are hearing of any concerns about your performance. If your employer is being fair and transparent, You should know about problems at the time they arise so you can fix them. You should never be surprised by your manager's intention to give you an unfavourable outcome to your probation because you should expect to have regular discussions and reviews throughout your probation period to allow for difficulties to be ironed out. At the end of your probation period, you can expect one of three possible outcomes. A letter to confirm that you have successfully completed your probation or a letter to confirm that you have not satisfactorily completed your probation, resulting in an extension to your probation period or a letter telling you that you have failed your probation period and you will therefore not be confirmed into your permanent post. And the letter should also contain a date when your employment will end and all of the benefits and payments that will be due to you at the end of your employment and when you can expect to receive those payments. The key here is to be aware of what to expect so you don't face any surprises. And that's it for this week. Our takeaways for this week are that probationary contracts are something you have to navigate your way through when you start a new job. But if you are aware of what to expect in your probationary contract and you are aware of how your employer should manage your probationary contract, you can spot any attempts to wrong-foot you during your probationary period and you can head off those attempts by asking for clarity and transparency during your monitoring meetings. In next week's episode, we'll look at your employment rights during your probationary contract period. If you need help with any probationary contract issues or any other employment rights matters, you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. And if you would like to book a consultation with us to look at bullying or abuse which you may be suffering at work or any other employment rights concern you may have, 
you can email us at employmentrightsonline at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can go directly to our consultations booking page using the consultations link, which is also in the show notes. Finally, remember you can help us by sharing our podcast information with your family, friends and colleagues and by leaving us a review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify if you enjoy our podcasts. Until next week, have the best Employment Rights Week that you can. Bye for now.